Welcome to the Royal Vauxhall Tavern in London. This may be bye-bye baby, but we're going to have a celebration. And before we take a bow, I want you all to dance and sing as we go one final time. Good afternoon. Wel welcome, everybody. Um, it's so fantastic to see a huge audience. I think it's like over 200 Madonna fans here. Uh, and, and wow. And you're such a good looking bunch as well. Honestly, you're all really, really good looking. But my husband's here, so um, uh, he's really good looking as well. So I, I've done quite well. Um, we have got a fantastic show uh, for you uh, ahead. Uh, and for those of you who are here in person, you're also going to have a three hour Madonna disco afterwards. Um, I'm going to invite my guests onto stage now. Uh, do give them a warm welcome. But before I do that, I'm going to talk to you. Those of you who are here in May know about the Madonnometer. So when we talk about some songs later on, I'm going to say the title and I want you to cheer on how much you love it. So, for example, Like a Prayer. <laughs> hey You. <laughs> There's a Hey You stand in the building. Okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, um, uh, okay, Vogue. <laughs> Frozen Sick Kick Remix. That causes internal bleeding. No, no, I'm kidding. So we will invoke the Madonnometer later. But now I'm going to invite my guests on stage. First of all, and he's been part of the podcast, podcast as you know, graphic designer and brand man who does all the merchandise and all the, all the stuff you see around inside the groove and talks about it, is Peter Falloon. Ah. <laughs> oh. Peter, come and sit, sit and, and welcome. Next, everybody's heartthrob, uh, fashion photographer and Madonna expert, Jonathan Daniel Price. <laughs> Next up, we have Madonna biographer and just wonderful journalist and wonderful person, full stop, Lucy O'Brien. And finally, all the way from LA, and it's been quite a journey, which we will talk about at some point, um, actor, writer, director, and you'll be seeing some of his stuff shortly, Artie O'Daly. So guys on the stage, remember when you speak to put your microphone on the chin, otherwise people can't hear you properly. Um, thank you everybody for coming. How exciting is this? This is the final episode, um, and here we all are in person. It's been such a wonderful journey, but we'll talk about it in a moment. Um, Lucy, I wanted to come to you first of all, because you have written, like an icon, the wonderful Madonna biography. When did the first edition come out? Uh, the first edition came out in 2007, which seems like an awful long time ago now, doesn't it? Um, and then I did the updated edition in 2018. Um, and her story in. just keeps evolving. Yeah, because that was to tie in with her 60th anniversary, her 60th birthday, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes, absolutely. So what made you think, I'm going to write a Madonna biography? Uh, I'd always been a fan. I'd always been interested in her, ever since Like a Virgin, really, um, because I thought she was cool. I thought she was quite subversive and very female-friendly. You know, she really... Uh, you sensed that she was quite a strong feminist, even back then, uh, in the early 80s. And I was working at NME, and um, I was uh, going to, I remember going to see the Who's That Girl tour, and then the Blonde Ambition tour. And then by the 90s, it was like, I'd collected all this stuff, all this research on her. Um, and then finally, early 2000s, I thought, now's the time to, it was coming up to her 50th birthday. I thought, now's the time to, to do the book. So can I ask you then, as, as, a, as a woman, um, what does Madonna mean to you as a female icon? Has she empowered you? Has she empowered other women? So what I think, uh, uh, I think she's a really, really complex figure. 
Um, and I think she invites controversy and she's incredibly provocative. And I was just having a, a conversation with Artie earlier because uh, he was saying, what do you think about all the um, cosmetic surgery? And, and I think, well, actually, in a way... <laughs> I, I Can you think... see it? I had some Botox earlier. Is it showing? <laughs> oh, you mean Madonna, sorry. <laughs> I, I actually think <clears throat> she's always been about pushing to extremes. And what... She seems to have gone through right to the other side. So she's pushing, she's always been about liberating the body, liberating femininity. And I think she's almost gone to extreme body modification when you, when you look at what she's doing. She's so out there now. It's like, you're telling me to behave myself as an older woman and I'll just keep doing the opposite. Well, the thing is, I, I agree with you. And I think that was true. Let's not talk about what she may have had done. Even back in the day, she, her body was physically fit by extremes, by the running, by the yoga and, and, and everything that she did. Yeah, exactly. So her body, um, she turned... I mean, she, her, first and foremost, she's a dancer. So that's her primary means of expression is the body and expressing... So she expresses a real primal force through that. And um, her whole um, conversation is about image, um, the body, uh, but also joy as well. So she's kind of taught women that as well, which I think is a really important lesson, that being a strong female, being um, an alpha, doesn't mean you don't have to be feminine. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, but I also think it's about um, expressing yourself whoever you are and not feeling that you have to um, seek approval. So everything that she's done, you can tell. And that's what's liberating, is that she doesn't need approval. You can really sense that. Well, just to ask one of you guys, or whichever wants to answer, really, in terms of... Because there's a lot of, of LGBT people here, we know that she's got a huge gay following. As, a, as gay men, um, uh, what do you think she's represented? What do you think she's done for, for us? Well, what really sticks in my mind is your episode on Like a Prayer, the album, and the insert in that record, you know, really addressing the AIDS epidemic before other famous people were, and before it was really destigmatized, if it really is fully destigmatized now. And, you know, I was way too young at that point to remember it, but in All retrospect, right. <laughs> he loves it when I do that. In retrospect, um, I really sense the power, the power in that, you know. And then, obviously, moving on to Erotica, in which she is answering interview questions directly, saying, are you HIV positive, purely because she has discussed it. And, I mean, even now, looking at those interviews, I feel a real sense of um, the well, shift, the cultural shift. Well, part of the backlash against her during the Erotica period is there was a rumour that people were trying to circulate that she had AIDS. Yeah. And yeah. I think her response was, so what if I do? which is just a perfect answer. I mean, Peter, you were a little bit older. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he still wasn't as old as me. Yes, I was 11. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a huge amount of respect for the guys from um, In Bed With Madonna. I struggled massively with the people we were presented in TV and film of like what a gay man looked like. So at the age of like 11, seeing these incredibly talented men who were not, what my idea of gay was based on the BBC's. So to see those men interacting, being real, and she gave that a platform. It, it, it was amazing to see people I could relate to. I am not a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing two men kiss at the age of 12 and her as somebody that I admired, saying it was okay, it was huge. I, I, I couldn't watch it in the room with my parents, obviously, yeah. but... For me, that was what I took away from that film, is that she, she likes me. She's not, she's not scared of who and what I am. Even though I hadn't admitted it to myself, I recognise that. So always be very grateful. <laughs> um, Lucy, about the book. Um, so you did the update in 2018. Um, can we expect a further update at any point? Yes, because she will keep going. I mean, and, and that's what's so brilliant about Madonna, is she's the survivor. You think about um, her corporate... Peers, Prince, uh, Michael Jackson, um, uh, George Michael, Whitney Houston, no longer with us. And uh, she has got this incredible ability. She's a survivor. She's like a shaman, you know. She, she <laughs> was it, I lead and you follow. Um, and 
Sometimes she does things, as we were saying, that we thought, like, what are you doing? Um, but, you know, she, we, 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 go, we go there with her, don't we? It's like, yeah, fine, okay. But it's about self-expression, isn't it? And, and sometimes she, she'll come up with something absolutely amazing. It's because she embraces failure. She's, she doesn't um, feel put off by it. She thinks, oh, I'll just pick myself up and I'll just carry on. A bit like when she fell down the stairs at the... <laughs> that, that was such a metaphor for her, though, wasn't it? She just got Completely. up and carried on. Um, I mean, it's interesting. We, uh, Madonna's not perfect, and um, part of the, the, what we enjoy about being a fan, or most, most of us do, is, is her kind of imperfection. I think we, we can learn a lot from that, and I think she's learning about it, which kind of leads seamlessly on to... Um, uh, a new Madonna short, uh, a YouTube skit, or whatever you want to call it, that some of you may have seen, um, and if not, you're going to see it very shortly. And if you're listening to the podcast, it's going to seem a bit like a radio play uh, because it's made for visual, so do check it out afterwards. Um, but we have the writer, director, and the main star of that before we show it on the screen behind me, and that is the fantastic Artie O'Daly. Hi! <laughs> It is beyond surreal to be on this side of the podcast. I am the fan. I came to the event in May. I've been listening since episode one, so this is such a thrill to be up here. And I'm so excited for you guys to see this short. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but you will relate to it. Okay, so um, Simon, if you can start getting ready. Um, there's going to be a bit of theatrics here because we basically have to manually pull back the curtains. <laughs> And for Madonna fans, it won't be the first time you've seen the curtains pull back. <laughs> the sex book. Uh, <laughs> um, um, and, and we're going to queue up the video. Um, and we're going to stand to one side whilst that plays. But um, Artie, what would you like us to, to know before we show this? Uh, it, this is more about the fans than it is about Madonna. So while you know, we like to talk, we, we already are. We criticize her, but we love her. So it's, you'll see, it elaborates on the fact that we love to dig on her as much as we praise her, but if we find someone that doesn't know who she is, we will instantly band together to protect her. Okay. So, uh, Artie, do you want to help me pull back the flaps? And, uh... Okay, Simon, um, do, do your magic and, and, and play the movie. This is where I might have to keep talking. Oh, here we go. Here's Do You Speak Madonna. Ugh. She looks so good. She's a queen. Always will be. She is. She's queen. Queen. Ugh, I owe her my life. Oh, she's wearing the grills again. That's a form of rebellion. She knows that people don't like when she wears them, so she wears them. I love when she does things people don't like. I'd love it more if she didn't wear the grills. <laughs> but I love her. She's queen. She's queen. Queen. She just doesn't seem like who she used to be. Uh, artist. Feminist. Leader, ally, rebel, sex symbol. It's literally who she's always been. You're being ageist, Michael. I am? If you would have seen that same video of Madonna in 1990, you'd be gagging. You'd be dead. I love her, it just feels cringy. I'm Madonna, and you're Michelle Visage. I'm sending you a cease and desist. Iconic. Queen. Queen. Are you talking about Beyonce? Who are you? Oh, this is my nephew Taylor. He's visiting from out of town. Out of town? Do you have an accent? Uh, no. I bet you do. Oh, you know what I thought? You know that part in Keep It Together when she sings, I'm tired of Sharon, all the hand-me-downs? That would be my drag name. Sharon, all the hand-me-downs. Then it's like she's singing about me. But she's saying she's tired of you. She's tired of Sharon, all the hand-me-downs. You wish Madonna were tired of you. I want to be hydrangea, so she'll loathe me. I want to be the song Rescue Me, so she'll say that I'm dope and then refuse to perform me live. What? What do you want to be so that Madonna will hate you? I don't understand. He doesn't understand us because he's foreign. What's your favorite Madonna song? Um, I don't really know. Madonna. Queen, song, you, favorite. I know English. Oh. My favorite Madonna song is Cyberaga. Don't say that just to be outrageous, Jason. Nobody cares about Cyberaga. I do. I suppose your other favorites are Hey You and B-Day Song? B-Day Song is a throwback to New Wave. It's very The Waitresses. If I put B-Day Song on right now, 
We'd all literally kill ourselves. My favorite song is Rebel Heart, the Avicii version. The album version was trash. I literally cannot watch the Rebel Heart tour without my eyes bleeding. The editing is atrocious. No editing could save her performance at Eurovision. I'd rather be murdered than watch that again. So do you love Madonna like we do? <sighs> Come on, what's your favorite Madonna song? There's that one my mom liked, Into the Groove. Into the Groove is good. Oh my god, your accent. Into the Groove is good. <laughs> I have an accent? If you wanted to sound like us, you would say the single version of Into the Groove is the best, the Immaculate Collection mix was okay, the Finally Enough Love remaster was great, but I can't believe they cut out the keyboard solo. The song is timeless though, so you can't go wrong. I don't understand anything you just said. Oh my god, because you're foreign. I'm from Portland. Oh. Then why can't you talk like us? You are a Madonna fan, right? I don't know. I don't really know her. <gasps> But you like her music. Uh, you love her iconic looks. Sure. You know how she fought for the non-heteronormative community to be out, equal, and accepted. I don't know. Being gay is no big deal. Because of Madonna. She did everything for us. She died for her sins. Whoa. I mean, basically. She got crucified a lot. Sometimes literally. You ever see the confessions tour? Iconic. Queen. Queen. Cool. You don't get it. Everyone is gay now because Madonna told us to be gay. Well, that's not right. No, it didn't feel right. She put gay people in her work when everybody else was pretending they didn't know them. Oh, like, I don't know her, that Mariah thing? No, not like that Mariah thing. The world turned its back on gay people during an epidemic. And she was literally the only person in the world who would talk to gay people. Again, that's not right. No, I could feel myself exaggerating. I knew it wasn't right. I said I like Into the Groove. Big deal! Everybody likes Into the Groove. I met a baby once who knew all the words to Into the Groove. And he could play the piano breakdown of the remix. It's a real freak show of a baby. That Frozen remix on TikTok is fine. That remix causes internal bleeding. Sean, breathe. <laughs> Sorry, it's just like such disrespect of our queen. Our queen. 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 To be honest, I can't tell if you guys love her or hate her. Say what? You keep saying everything she makes is awful. If we didn't care, we wouldn't care. I shouldn't be the one to speak. We criticize her because we love her. We know how good she can be. But why is it so important I know her? Because there was a time when young gay boys had to idolize their pop divas without acknowledgement from them. Then here comes Madonna saying she sees us, including us, standing up for us. She could have lost everything. Her life. No. No, I knew that was too much. It's easier for people to be who they are now because she made it easier back then. She's queen. 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 I like levitating. That's Dua Lipa, you Oh! Are you talking about the club remix? Yeah, it was like a duet. But that remix was terrible. It's worse than COVID. It makes me wish I were never born. I use it as a cool down song at the gym. There it is. Madonna has crossed the bridge from one generation to another. And another because you're older than us, so it's like three generations, not two. She just posted more stories. Ooh. She looks amazing. Iconic. Queen. She looks good. Oh. She's really close to the camera. I can't tell if that's a filter. Maybe she has no teeth, so she has to wear it. She's still queen. 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 Okay, I'll see if you could pull back the flaps. Okay. <laughs> um, is there anyone in the room that hadn't already seen that? Yes, yes, there is, yeah. Um, Artie, I, 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 I cannot begin to say how brilliantly observed it is. I, I feel you were reading my DMs or something like that. <laughs> or listen to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. maybe. I mean, it's, I think what I really love about it is because there are, you know, some Madonna fans, and I get it, they, they don't like to see her criticized by others because there's, she gets a lot of hate. But there's, there's a whole thing that when we try and have critical analysis of her work, um, they, they get angry about that. But I think you've really sort of explained that because we love her, because we care, we talk about all these different things. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm making it sound really serious, but it, part of the fun of being a Madonna fan is talking about all the stuff she does and, and sort of playing around with it, etc. 
Yeah, I mean, she always brings some sort of drama, doesn't she? Yeah. So that's what we're encountering right now. And certainly this, this came from my own experiences having conversations with my best friends who are slash were Madonna fans. They have not been as loyal as I have. So I am always the one defending her. I'm like, guys, you're being ageist. Like, what is different? She is the same person. She's always played with her appearance. She's always been outrageous. She's always been ironic. She's always done these things. You're only thinking that it's cringy now because she's older, yet at the same time, it is hard sometimes to see certain posts where I'm like, well, that caught me off guard. I didn't, ex <laughs> I didn't expect that side of Madonna or that close up or something. But I still love her, I defend her, and I, I think she's earned it, which is the point of the short. Like, she deserves our respect at this point, especially in her career, for all she has done for our community and for the music world, hands down. 100%. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Um, can I ask you about how that came across? Because you're, you're an actor first and foremost, is that right? Because... Yeah, I would love to be. You, you were in... <laughs> You were in Gilmore Girls, Veronica Mars. I mean, yes. you're an actor. Yes, yes. I've had lots of small parts on American TV shows, and it's great. But it's a grind, you know? So to get to create my own stuff and have an audience... This, guys, this is, was amazing for me, because when you make a YouTube video, you just have to imagine that hopefully people are laughing somewhere. I actually just got to hear it. So it meant a lot to me. <laughs> so... Can I ask you about how you funded it? Because it looks like there were a lot of, uh, it was crowdfunded or something? Yeah, 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 the patrons like through Patreon and then I do like live streams once a month and people like to donate via YouTube to make content. I also do a web series called Bad Boy and that was sort of its own thing. And now I'm doing these shorts for a little while. Lots of fans. So this is something quite amazing that Artie let me know earlier on because you, you came to our event back in May. Yes. Which was fantastic. And I then, stood right over there. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then when we saw the video, we were like, we have to get this guy. And we asked you if you'd be willing to come. Because you're, you're from L.A. Los Angeles, Los yeah. Angeles, I'm representing yeah. the American Madonna fans. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Oh, what? Yes. Right in front. Um, nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we asked you if you could come. And, yeah. and what happened? Because you weren't sure if you could... Afford to, I mean, I it was so last minute. This, I, I think I booked the flight uh, 10 days ago or something. But as you saw, there are lots of fans. There's one fan in particular. His name is Jeremiah. He's been a great champion of my creative work for at least the past couple of years that I've known about him. And he's like, how's the Madonna short doing? I'm like, the views are great, but get this. This podcast I love in London, I went to it in May. They're going to show it at their ultimate event in December. And he's like, well, you have to go. I'm like, yes, I want to go, but it's flying all the way to London last minute. He said, tell me how much the plane tickets are. So it's because of this man, Jeremiah Maudlin, that I get to be here right now. Wow. So. That, that is lucky. incredible. And, and listen, um, me, Peter, and Jonathan were talking earlier on, and uh, Jeremiah, if you listen to this, if he wants us to fund to come to LA, we'll be I quite know. well. <laughs> I think everyone is Googling Jeremiah Maudlin right now. <laughs> no, seriously, it's, it's wonderful. Um, we're going to reveal very shortly um, the new Madonna Top 20 that I was talking about earlier on, but I want to ask uh, Artie, and Artie first, because we've not interviewed you before. Yes. Do you have a favorite Madonna song? Oh, no. Okay. That wasn't all the answer. The same. That wasn't the answer I was looking for. <laughs> if you were to give one. I absolutely do. It's it's always fluctuated between three tracks on Like a Prayer. It was always either Express Yourself, To Death Do Us Part, or Keep It Together. But I've settled on Keep It Together as my favorite Madonna okay. song. Yeah. There is something about her vocal when she's singing a funky, soulful song. Plus she's singing about family, which we know she's got this huge family and her mother and all that. It's it's I feel the soul in that song. Okay, that's yeah, that's, that's a good choice. Thank you. Um, so, guys, what we're going to do is now we're going to um, run through a brand new chart. Um, uh, and that will take up the rest of the podcast, but then we will ask you some questions. And then, of course, we've got um, our live event. So, we, uh, our live disco. So, Neil Prince will be DJing um, right through to 7 o'clock. Um, we, um, we have to be out of here by then because I think there's a pantomime coming in later on. Uh, we, were, we, were, we did discuss whether we should... Uh, we did discuss whether we should do our own Madonna podcast. We thought we could have uh, two drag queens, Marge and Tina. Some people got that. Marge and Tina? Oh, I think you said Marge. Oh. 
As an old boss used to say, if, it's, if you have to explain it, it's not a joke. He is jet-lagged. Um, so we've had a brand new chart compiled uh, by the Madonna underscore charts Twitter account. I don't know if any of you follow them. Uh, if you don't, do, because it's brilliant. So they, they basically post updates of Madonna's streams um, daily, weekly, and so on and so forth with beautiful infographics. Um, and what they have done is compiled an all-time... Um, streaming chart for Madonna and um, this is based on everything that is available because you may be aware of this that um, Apple Music hello we have a representative from uh, Apple Music oh, here wow. does not dis does not disclose its streaming numbers but thankfully YouTube does YouTube Music does and Spotify does so we've been able to take those figures and it's really interesting uh, because um, what's in the top 20 of, of Madonna all-time streaming songs which you know this is brand new um, is, is there's nothing from Erotica. There's nothing from Bedtime Stories. There's nothing, thank you. <laughs> I've always wanted you to guide it into my mouth. <laughs> um, and clearly it's not as long as I thought it was. Um, people at home are wondering what just happened and it, it was Jonathan's penis. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought you said keep it, keep it, you know, well, I no wasn't swearing. <laughs> Penis is a medical term, Lucy. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, where am I? So, yeah, so th there's, no, there's no erotica, there's no, there's no music album, there's no American Life. So everything that appears in this is what is streamed either on Spotify or viewed on YouTube. And it's quite astonishing. So I'm going to run through reasonably quickly on the top, the top number 20 to number 11. And this is where I'm going to invoke the Madonnometer. So guys, I'm going to tell you the, number, the numbers and the amount of streams, and I want you to give your Madonnometer reaction to what you think of the song. So the 20th most streamed Madonna song of all time, with 117 million streams across video and Spotify, is Ray of Lights. Pretty good, pretty good going. I mean, Ray of Light is one of, that was the song that made me sort of sit up and go, wow, she's really like come back big time there. Um, number 19, with 132 million streams, so more popular online than Ray of Light, get the Madonnameter ready, is Give Me All Your Loving. Okay. Fewer fans than Ray of Light. Uh, but I guess, I guess that's the era we're in, and I suppose we can probably talk about Super Bowl and how that played an importance into that. The 18th most streamed Madonna song of all time with 149 million streams, excluding Apple Music, is Give It To Me. The 17th most streamed Madonna song of all times, and I'm you might want to put your fingers on the, in your ears for this one. With 151... No, because it's good. It's going to be loud. Uh, with 151 million streams, the mo 17th most streamed song of all time is Live to Tell. The 16th most streamed Madonna song with 155 million streams is... Do, 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 do. Crazy for you. That sounded like EastEnders there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sorry, because sorry is the 15th most still machines. Yay! Now, when you consider the songs that Madonna has done over the years, from Don't Tell Me to uh, Oh Father, all those greats, you might be surprised that her 13th most streamed song of all time is Girl Gone Wild. 180 million streams. Number 12 in the list of all-time stream songs by Madonna is... Into the Groove. Yay! I think Lucy, Lucy's been is resp responsible for at least 10 of the 190 million streams on that one. And finishing the top 20, the 11th most streamed Madonna song of all time with 194 million streams is... Holiday! Okay, so now we're going to talk about the top 10, and this is where I want you guys to give your reactions, thoughts, memories to each song. Um, and of course, I, as I say each song title, I'd like you to give your Madonna a reading. So, Artie, I'm going to come to you first. Sure. 
the tenth most streamed Madonna song of all time with 332 million so uh, streams is Papa Don't Preach. Iconic. I was a child when it came out. I'm sure most of us were, but you couldn't not pay attention to it. Not only for the subject matter, because the subject matter was racy enough, but with the, the short hair, the Italians do it better, the strutting down like the boulevard or whatever she was out by the water. There's something about that whole moment in time that I think is beyond just the song itself. It's her in that moment. Uh, yeah, for me, it's a great example of uh, Madonna and video and how she really revolutionized video as a form and, and really made it like a narrative, a short film. And James Foley, the guy who directed it, said um, she was just such a natural. Um, always great at video, maybe not so great at films, but... Sorry. Sorry. Oh, come on. Have you seen Shanghai Surprise? Um, I, has anyone... Is it just me and my husband have done this? We've gone to Staten Island and got on the ferry and pretended we we're in the Papadon Preach video? Yeah, yeah. It's free, yeah, exactly. It's about the only thing around Madonna that is free, quite frankly, but uh, yeah, quite right. Um, okay, so the ninth most streamed Madonna song of all time with 393 million streams. Lucy, I'm gonna come to you because I know this is one of your favorites. Is Like a Virgin. Yes, yes. Oh, I've got a little story attached to that. Um, uh, <laughs> Not that. That's what she said. Um, I was in Portugal a few years ago at a punk conference and they, we went to a really kind of sticky, horrible dance floor club that was in a shopping precinct. Don't ask. Um, and uh, the DJ Jumbo Center, was playing... <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> he was playing loads of kind of punk tracks and then in the middle of it all, he dropped Like a Virgin. Um, uh, and it sounded amazing, absolutely amazing. Um, and that, the production on that was so um, really um, out there at that point and really pushing um, in terms of uh, the rhythm, the groove and the way she was singing. So it was one of those moments where I heard it anew. It wasn't my favourite for a long time, but then I heard it in a different context, in a different way. And I'm sure it will be played today and just listen out for that, you know, amazing production. Yeah, it's, it's one of those songs that um, she's reinvented a lot of times as well over the years, because there's the Brilliant Blonde Ambition tour version where it's kind of world music. Either of you got a recollection of that? Egyptian. Egyptian? Yeah, very sexy. <laughs> um, I'll take it back a little bit further. Um, that was on my no playlist. Again, 11, 12. I am a massive virgin. So <laughs> it, was, it was on a list of, I can't listen to that until. Oh. So it kind of made it out the box by about 24. Wow. <laughs> wow, okay. It was, it was self-preservation. I can't listen to her talking about that stuff because I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and now you do. <laughs> okay, uh, the eighth most streamed Madonna song of all time with 461 million streams is Frozen. Wow, I think that's the loudest cheer so far we've had from Madonna song. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Well, just just Frozen. Just Frozen. So this this I'm, I'm assuming it's the, the, the main version because that's what was given, so, uh, by, so yes. Um, Jonathan, Frozen, tell us about it. I mean, this song has left an indelible mark on me and it's not because of Sick Kick, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, it is being a 10-year-old watching the National Lottery and seeing... <laughs> with Terry Wogan. And seeing a majestic woman who sort of had transformed appearance from my last time I saw her, which was on my sister's cassette tape of Bedtime Stories. And, uh, you know, the orchestra kicks in. I just really, really remember watching it and thinking, who is this person? 
And, and it, I mean, it's obviously a beautiful song. Now I know it was a complete playback. It was a complete backing track, sadly, no live vocals, but it was the late 90s, they were all doing it, so yeah. yeah. That's uh, my... a, a definite favorite of, I think, many people in this room. Hopefully we're gonna see, have we got a DJ here? Has there been any sign of Neil yet? He's, he's on his way, that's okay then. Okay, so this is where it gets surprising. The seventh most streamed Madonna song of all time. You consider this woman and her greats over the years, over 40 years, 40 years this week in this country. The seventh most with 473 million streams is. Jimmy Jimmy. <laughs> Personally, I wish it were. It's Bitch I'm Madonna. <laughs> this is the most. Okay, this is, we are seeing what it is to be a Madonna fan. There, there are, it's such a Marmite song. There are people that love this song and there are people that hate this song. But as I discovered during the course of the podcast, the people love it, love it because it's silly and childish and bratty. And the people that hate it, hate it because it's silly, childish and bratty, which is kind of what Madonna was probably trying to do. Peter, thoughts on this song? I, I don't know her. <laughs> I, I am glad it exists in the same way that I'm glad music exists because that woman should have a song called Music and she should have a song with her own name in the title. It's out there because of Spotify. I don't have to listen to it. Don't you think it's one of those songs that's a bit like I singy, singy, singy on a wingy, wingy, wingy or whatever that... that you, know, you know what? You don't it, know whether she's being serious or whether she's... What? It's what? always reminded me of, like, the first era, the demos that didn't quite make it. There's a B-side, a really early B-side, and as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, my God, it's, I think it's um, walking on the street or walking down... Yeah, something. Sidewalk talk. Sidewalk talk. Oh, yeah. So, OK, let's see how split the room is. And, you know, we're here, we're amongst friends. You, you, you know, there's no judgment. Give us a Madonnometer, yeah if you love this song. Yeah! There's a lot of love for it in this room. Artie is booking his flight back now. <laughs> what, why Give us a madonna ometer boo if you don't like the song. Boo! The boos have it, I think, on that one. Wow, that's, that's quite surprising. I use my mic. <laughs> Okay, the one thing I will say is, and I know you like to mention it on the podcast a lot, is good hair. Good hair in that era. I, I love the video. Yeah. I really love the video. I love the Jimmy Fallon live performance. Yeah. I mean, she, she really went for it with the look. And I love uh, the, um, the work from Sophie uh, as producer on that track, who really turned it around. So, R.I.P. Valley Sophie. Can I say something about that song really fast? Go First on, of all, that was... Take the, your time. That, okay. <laughs> That was the last song to hit the Hot 100 in America, was Bitch on Madonna. And I think a lot of that had to do with that video. I think she was smart to throw in like Beyonce and Katy Perry and whomever, like saying Bitch on Madonna. But it was also that flip side. I'm like, Madonna, if you're saying Bitch on Madonna, you don't need to throw in all these celebrities to get the attention. But then it worked. So it's this love-hate thing that I also feel about the song. Like I kind of wanted to cheer with both sides. <laughs> Because <laughs> I love it. I think it's fun. It's catchy. And of course Madonna should say, Bitch, I'm Madonna. She is Bitch, I'm Madonna. But also, it kind of sucks. <laughs> but you know what? If it gets played this afternoon, I, I will dance. So, so there we go. That's all you need. Um, okay. So here we go. We're getting up towards the, the, the ultimate one now. The sixth most streamed Madonna song of all time. And this is really sort of like setting the precedent of, of when streaming really started to happen. With 484 million streams is four minutes. There's somebody down here saying it was a grower, which is like, yeah, yeah. It's true, it's true. Oh. Okay, I mean, I quite like this song. Lucy, Lucy, any thoughts on it? Um, uh, yeah, I like Justin Timberlake in it and his dancing. Um, yeah, and, and I heard someone say it's a grower. I think it is. And I think that whole Madonna era 
it grows on you. And uh, in, in the way that she, um, she knows what she's doing and we kind of catch up with her. Yeah, I mean, Heart Candy, I think, has aged quite well. I didn't always love it, but, but the whole album, I think, now I listen to it with a bit more love. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people say that it sounds like Madonna singing on someone else's song, mainly Justin Timberlake. I do like it, as with so many of these things and why we love Madonna so much, is that she's had such a long career. And so the songs relate to different parts of your life. And so for me, I really like this song because I was studying in New York. The song had just come out and I was like, I'm pretending to be an American walking down the street, you know, with, with the song. So it's got good memories for me. I like this. Yeah, can, I, can I? I'm sorry. I, no, you go. It's your turn. <laughs> Mine's bitchy. Um, I did hear, I have nothing to corroborate this. Um, it, Guy Ritchie's least favorite music is R&B. Ah. Puts a little bit of a different spin on it. Okay. So the album came out uh, and then within, probably within 12 months they were divorced. That's why I think Miles Away stands out as a Madonna song, but then everything else is very much... Ah. Peter gave the finger there. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Can I ask something really fast? This is something I learned from listening to the podcast because I've only gotten the American exposure to what was popular with Madonna. Like, Take a Bow was the biggest song ever in America. You guys apparently hated it. That's what I heard. And then you guys got Bedtime Story and loved it, and America was like, what is this? So Confessions was a very European album, right? And then Hard Candy was a very American album? So, because when Four Minutes came out, my friends loved it. So I was surprised even right now that there was a sort of like, well, I don't know about Four it, Minutes. It did get to number one in the UK. It's her last number one here. Um, there is a, I mean, I, I think Europeans can hear the difference between American sounding music and a European sound of music, and I think Americans find it harder to tell the difference. Yeah. Um, and for us... <laughs> um, I, think, I think Take A Bow is a really good example because it's now an evergreen, wonderful Madonna song because the production is less important and we hear that wonderful song. Uh, but at the time, it felt very American and very boys to men kind of stuff, and it, um, it sounded a bit uncool here in the UK, I think. It was, uh, but it was... And personally, I feel like it benefited greatly here from being off the back of Confessions. And at the time, I remember feeling like it was her first record, which sounded like what had already been in the charts. Whereas previous ones, it was pushing a little more, you know, what, for me anyway. But were they playing that type of music in Europe? Was yeah, Justin Timberlake yeah, I mean, it was popular? in the charts, yeah. Like, Timberland had already been for a few years, you know. It was more mainstream. It in was. a way, it was more mainstream than what, okay. what she'd done with William Orbit, say. Sure. Mm -hmm. okay. Trouble was, Nelly Furtado had made the album two years before. Yeah. <laughs> and we all love that. <laughs> She's Canadian, so... Yeah, we all, we all, Any Canadians in the house? Any Canadians in the house? No? No? Okay, no Canadians. Oh. I was only going to say nice things about you. Um, okay, this is great. I'm enjoying this. Are you enjoying this? <laughs> the fifth most streamed Madonna song of all time, with 490 million streams. This is a classic, but it's only number five, Vogue. I, I think we all like Vogue. I mean, some people, I think some people think it's a bit overplayed, maybe? Or... I'm gonna I'm gonna, I've got something to try and find on my phone uh, whilst I get somebody to talk about Vogue. Who, who volunteers from the panel to talk about Vogue? Can I share a memory? Go ahead. Everyone knows the first time they heard it or they've got a real strong memory attached to it. I remember on a, a, a dance floor in Thailand, really, really dancing to it and just thinking, this is the best, most brilliant thing ever. So that's my memory. What's yours? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I should say, I, you know, when you're growing, <laughs> this is so embarrassing, when you're growing up as a gay boy and you like fool around with your friends, there was another boy my age <laughs> and like I'd gotten the Vogue cassette single and she's like, you know, the thing, the pose, and 
Oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this on the podcast. That looks like I you, said, you hurt your back. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my back. Oh, she did it sexy. I did it like an old man. But I would say, oh my God, I would say things like, do to me what you want to do to Madonna. <laughs> Have you guys seen the pictures from the sex book relaunch last night of Madonna? And Madonna and Tony Ward together again. I still would. Yeah, definitely. Um, for those of you that came to our event back in May, we had uh, the wonderful Tom Aspel singing some Madonna songs. And at one point, we were talking about doing a cover of Vogue. Uh, and we kind of wrote these lyrics to do a, a new version of the rap. And it never happened. But um, I'm going to read them to you now. So this is, <clears throat> this is me rapping. Like a virgin, ray of light. Lucky star still shines bright. Get together, look of love like a prayer and hung up. Jump, sorry, cherish, rain, rock and roll, hall of fame. Where's the party and bad girl? Bland ambition, change the world. Patrick Leonard, Stephen Bray, William Morbid, save the day. Who's that girl? A movie too. Nikki Finn, we love you. <laughs> Herbert's portraits and leak nudes, diva tantrums and bad moods. Don't just stand there, let's get to it. Just to add slightly to that, if we're going to continue a bit of the chat, the conversation, I mean, a lot of our podcast recordings uh, tailed off massively towards the end. You know, we'd finish a Zoom, we did it all on Zoom. And then at the end, we'd carried on talking about all of our, you know, personal preferences because we kept the podcast pretty neutral or as neutral as possible. But all of our conversations... It basically turned into Artie's film. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, a lot of identification with that. But a, a lot of our conversations were around artwork not lining up with the actual music. And so for this single, obviously the photograph at the single artwork isn't from Vogue. It's, is it from the Express, Express Yourself? Yeah. yeah. So um, it's little things that are bugbears, you know, yeah, little things. Yeah, no, we get it. We understand. Okay, so we're on to the top five. That's five Vogue with 490 million. The fourth most streamed Madonna song of all time, with 551 million streams across Spotify, YouTube, YouTube Music, but not Apple Music. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> Is Material Girl. I mean, I think this is one of those songs that we forget how good it is and how good the video was uh, and the imagery around it. Um, and it's, of course, become one of Madonna's most well-remembered songs. She's called The Material Girl. Uh, Peter? I, I think because it's, like, it's so ubiquitous with like the 80s and money and everything like that, I think it's the one that we all love but she has real problems with. It's sort of... It, dictates a moment in time that doesn't really translate anymore. So I think she spent a long time trying to get rid of that moniker, like the material girl. I think it really bugs her. Yeah. She named the clothing line after it, but just because it was a pun. Okay, so we are now down to the top two Madonna songs, most streamed Madonna songs of all time. Sorry, top three. Top three. Top three. <laughs> I want to get to the bar. <laughs> Although, if anyone wants to get me a large red wine, that, that's fine by me. Um, the third most streamed Madonna song of all time. <laughs> well, not because it's not on streaming. <laughs> Should be. Okay. The third most streamed Madonna song of all time with 652 million streams is... God. Like a prayer. Wow. So, those of you who've listened to the podcast and know the input from Jonathan and Peter will know that we talk about the artwork as well. Um, it's not just the album, I think, with Like a Prayer. I think it's also, sorry, not just the single, the artwork around the album and that brilliant photography. Jonathan, what can you tell us about it? Guys. I mean, it's one of those real iconic moments in her career, working with her Brits, someone she collaborated with many times. I think it was shot in December 88 at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which you visited and took your own version of the photographs. I correct? did, yes. <laughs> My little almost negligee. better, almost better than the originals. <laughs> Styled by a British folk stylist. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very short window of time because it's that little period of dark hair that we lost so quickly because of the film role after that. So. Uh, yeah, beautiful artwork, an incredible series of photographs. 
no complaints. Indeed. And I think that the cover of the 12-inch was had a very special artist, didn't it, that, that created that, Peter? <laughs> yes, it did. It did indeed. I think it might have been her brother, Christopher. Oh, I'm still thinking album. Yes, 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 it did. Um, Madonna was gifted from Christopher, her brother, like an amazing painting, which is the 12-inch the version. Um, it's not at all like most religious iconography, which is very detailed and Italian. He's done something really abstract and bizarre. It's just, I think it, it's a different take on something that only a family member could get. And then I just, I, I think I said this before, but the bit that I love the most is that he's removed the um, P from... That's right. So her, Madonna's name is not on it. It no. says MLVC. And the P is falling. And that's just Penn. to represent Sean Penn. Just Sean Penn, yeah. yeah. Have a look. There's a P falling away. It's beautiful. I, can, I, I could hear um, a police siren then, and it reminded me about half an hour before the event started. Some policemen came in, and they were like, are you guys streaming the football? No. <laughs> no. But they were quite attractive. We were going to, you know, anyway, that's another thing. Like a pair of thoughts, I'm assuming you, it's a song um, you like. So, I mean, it's one of my favourites, and... Um, uh, when I was doing the book, I was chasing Pat Leonard for literally uh, probably about three years. <clears throat> and then finally, I got to speak to him um, for a, an article for The Guardian and also Steve Bray. And it was absolutely lovely to talk to Pat Leonard because he's so important and instrumental in terms of her career. And um, the, the kind of love-hate relationship that they had in the studio, they really kind of um, sparked off each other in the way that she did with William Orbit. You know, there was a real... I've always thought she's so great one-to-one -one with particular producers. And that was a golden era, I think, there. And, uh, and she um, was all fired up, not, not just working with Pat Leonard, but also Guy Pratt with the, the bass guitar improvisation right at the end. And she was really egging him on and saying, go on, go for it, go for it, go for it. So, um, yeah, that's one of my favourite tracks. Brilliant, thank you. Um, so, the second most streamed Madonna song of all time. And it's a massive jump up to 793 million streams across... Uh, all uh, platforms now is it's hung up <laughs> TikTok, TikTok, Artie what can you say about your thoughts on this song I mean as a huge Madonna fan and as a huge ABBA fan there is no better marriage of those two worlds than that song. Bjorn Olveus was just on a podcast, I think Table Manners, did you listen to that? Because yes. he yes. was, uh, they talked to him about how the hung up thing happened. He was actually not, uh, not unfamiliar with the house, was it Stuart Price that had already had that sample banked and was like making ABBA on acid or something like that. It's, I, I, I heard the hung up version without that sample, but there is something about that gives it that drive the entire time. I just think it's mwah. It deserves to be number one, I think. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I mean, as a huge Madonna fan and a huge ABBA fan, when I heard that it was happening, I was a bit like, oh, Madonna is daring to tread on a ABBA song. But what I love about it is it's not even the best bit of an ABBA song. It's just a little musical interlude that's in a fantastic ABBA song. Yeah. And I, I, I said this in, uh, back in May, I think that middle eight, or bridge, as you, you Americans call it, is... <laughs> Madonna's finest bridge, and she has written some pretty amazing ones. The, um, I can't keep... I'm not going to sing anymore. <laughs> Waiting for you. I, I will. <laughs> no. Anyway. <laughs> no, it is. It's awful. Awful. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take questions from you guys in the audience shortly before, before we say goodbye. But I'm going to tell you, and don't try and guess, because I think some of you might have already worked out, but I was absolutely shocked when these figures came through yesterday um the most streamed madonna song of all time with a massive jump up to 1.129 billion streams is la isla bonita so it's It's a shocker, isn't it? Huge Everyone shocker. Everyone seemed to know already. Yeah. How is that possible? But it seems 
this is why it's number one. You've yeah. always streaming it. I mean, I kind of get it. It's fantastic. It's one of her best. She looks amazing in the video. The song is fantastic. But it could have been Michael Jackson's. And it he could have said been a no. Michael Jackson song. So bizarre. Absolutely. So those of you who don't know, it was originally submitted, a version of it was submitted to Michael Jackson, who turned it down. And look, you know, where's Michael Jackson these days? Come on. Big, Big mistake, huge. Uh, <laughs> Artie, you yeah. must, were you surprised to hear this? I am surprised. I mean, I look at the views of Madonna videos sometimes and I'm always like, whoa, Isla Benita's really hanging in. I wonder if it has a more international appeal with the Latin flavor and that perhaps attributes to the numbers. Because um, I can't believe Express Yourself is not top 20. Like, it's, I'm like, wait a minute, where was that one? There must be something about the appeal that it, it just appeals to everyone, is my assumption. Uh, but, but also, isn't it, it must be part of a film? <clears throat> a film or a big TV thing? Because usually there's a, no, no? It stands, so yeah, it is, it's basically the YouTube views for that particular song have been so high that they've pumped up against the Is the it streaming. big on TikTok as well? Um, I don't yeah. know, I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think another reality which we kind of discussed before is how it's clearly her favourite. I mean, she performs yeah, on every she performs tour. It in she every so concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her favourite, our favourite. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so. so she's streaming it all the time. Is what we're <laughs> yeah. <saying>. <laughs> <laughs> she has a streaming farm. Yeah. She, she has, someone here is saying she has a streaming farm where she's forcing people. Her children are part of that streaming farm. Yeah. I, th I mean, I think it's... We're never all going to agree on what the number one song is. Um, and I kind of like it's not a, a, a Vogue or a like prayer because that's too obvious. So. It, it's weird for anyone that's a careerist because it's fifth single, third album. It's nowhere. Yeah. It wasn't a lead single. It's not a big, like, big opener. Yeah, so yeah. I think for anybody in context who follows her career, it's really hard to understand. But uh, there must be something about it that brings people back. Mm. Although I think we're all agreed that there is a fault in the lyrics because it should be where a girl loves a boy and a boy loves, loves a boy. <laughs> um, guys, we're nearly at the end. Um, um, Edward, can I ask a favour? Yes. Can I take a picture of everybody? Yes. Yes. I think we should dim the stage lights. Can, yeah, if, if we can do that. Simon. Can we dim the stage lights so that Lucy can take a picture? I'm going to take one too. We'll have oh, multiple Oh, you angles. are so ugly with the lights off. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Come on! <laughs> this is such an amazing experience for anybody who's listening at home or wherever you're listening. There are something like 250 Madonna fans all, all in one room. Um, 200,000, David. <laughs> 200,000. And we are going to spend the afternoon getting very sweaty, rubbing up against each other, dancing to Madonna. Um, but I want to thank you all for coming uh, and for being part of this journey. Um, I've, I've loved it. Listen, but hold, hold fire, hold fire. We wanted to give you an opportunity to ask us a question or two before we say goodbye. There's a hand up here. What, what's your question? Okay, so thank you, Artie. What was your gateway Madonna song, the one that you got you through? M mine was actually La Isla Benita. I'd been fans of other songs, but that was the first one that made me sit up and listen, so yeah. Uh, I would say Borderline. I love that one. Yeah, because I love, I love a bit of R&B and yeah, yeah, that Reggie Lucas. I, I, this might be random. The first one I remember really grooving to with my sister was White Heat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that put your back up against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was the Ray of Light campaign. So, you know, being at a young age, seeing Frozen and then Ray of Light, that sort of combination, I think, was my pathway. Mine was Vogue. It was, I was eight, nine, Kylie, um, Neighbours. <laughs> thought that was my thing and then along came Vogue and it was like I want that <laughs> okay gonna take one more question about the podcast about Madonna about us whatever you want to ask this right okay so you I'm gonna have to repeat your question so if you if you shout it out 
Whilst Madonna's most iconic, or my personal Madonna, my personal most iconic now look. Now you're doing quite well. Uh, yeah. Okay, Madonna's most iconic look. For me, for, for each of us, I am going to go with the Justify My Love cover, the single cover. I think she just looks ultimate Madonna there. Uh, mine's the blonde ambition corset, the pink corset. Go, Jay. Mine is literally Justify My Love cover. Like, I have the vinyl, I put it on display all the time. So sexy. Uh, so many. My head is so full. I think, I mean, again, I'm uh, repeating the Ray of Light thing, but it's the, the blue vinyl coat. Looks like the ocean, you know, and the photographs inside Maritis, you know, just beautifully captured details. Love that. How interesting. All different. Mine's Street Urchin. Street Urchin. Yeah. Ah, okay. I just... It, it was that grubby, like, she's, she's not like the other pop girls. There's yeah. something... Okay, so um, we're gonna, what we're going to do now is we're going to come to the end of the podcast. We're going to stop the stream, um, and then we've got a few messages to give you. So um, I just want to say, I, I came here, I had a, I had a tell, tell to tell, tell to tell, uh, but the show is over. Uh, in, indeed. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, gosh, uh, over 100 episodes, um, uh, over three quarters of a million streams. Uh, <laughs> downloads uh, 250 of you here two very important friends that I will have forever I think and and for every minute I've loved it I hope you've enjoyed it I I may come back at some point to do a one-off um, if Madonna does another album or does a tour but what I can announce I haven't told you guys yet um, the Royal Vauxhall Ta Tavern have invited us to come back and do another event in August next year to celebrate Madonna's 65th birthday. So, there will be more Inside the Groove for those of you that want to come here in person. Uh, but for now, thank you. Simon, are you ready to hit goodbye? Goodbye, everybody!